And here we go. You're listening to Open Mic Friday, Law and Gospel. I'm Pastor Tom Baker. And though we are not yet in the studio, we are receiving emails from individuals, and that's what we'll be looking at uh, today. If you ever want to email me, just email Law and Gospel at Law and Gospel 101.com. That's Law and Gospel at Law and Gospel 101.com. And I know a number of you have lost money in not being able to work because of businesses closing down, but we also need your funding here at Law and Gospel. So if you're able to donate toward us, listen to the end of the program as to where you can send any check you might have that would be helpful for us. All right, without further ado, we already have a response to yesterday's broadcast, and this is it. The Commission on Theology and Church Relations on page 16 designates racism as an ideology. In that document, it states that racist ideologies seek to provide and foster a rationale to justify racial divisions among various groups. Now, that is a correct understanding, and yet I can't find in particularly the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, where any such rationale has been provided. There was a time when people used to think that blacks were cursed because they came from Cain. But that's ridiculous, simply because all human beings were destroyed in the flood. And therefore, no one in this family actually are our, well, folks from whom we have come. But that's another point. Some would say that because black people are poor or they're a different color or because of various reasons that they concoct in their mind that therefore there is a division between black and white. Uh, for example, one group was the Ku Klux Klan. No doubt these people would hang blacks, etc., and murder them. This was a racial group. And we could have various groups today that have that same kind of thinking, as was the thinking of the Nazis under Adolf Hitler. So there's no doubt that racism can be an ideology, but we need to make a distinction between not liking a person because of the color of their skin and not liking them because they are a criminal. When I visit prisons, I do not appreciate what the prisoners 
have been accused of and found to be guilty of. I do not like them for what they are doing. But I still love them in the sense that we want to bring to them the message of law and gospel and help them to understand that Jesus does forgive their sins. So there is a distinction between not liking a person because of their behavior and not liking them because of the color of their skin. Not liking someone because of the color of their skin, that would be something that would be considered racist. Now, unfortunately, we know there are people, let's say a woman is walking down the street and she's coming up toward a group of black youth and she decides to cross the street so that she doesn't have to go through them. Is that an act of racism? No. That can be an act of self-protection because of her understanding that in that area, there's no doubt that there have been murders by black people uh, against all kinds of people. I drove a yellow cab when I was at the seminary, and you know I also drive Uber now. And there's no doubt there are certain areas of St. Louis where I need to be very careful in picking up individuals. And I'm not talking about black areas only. There are certain areas in St. Louis where you have white hoodlums. In fact, I remember one time I was with Yellow Cab, and we were supposed to pick someone up who was, well, I got a phone call and the address from where they were coming. But when I got there, there were three hefty youths that were walking between the buildings towards my cab. I, I, I left. I did not stay to pick them up because they weren't coming from the address that I had been told that they were to come from. I had the experience of being robbed by youth. I had dropped a woman off on Martin Luther King Drive, and all of a sudden there was a gun pointed through the window at me, and two youth came around, uh, they hit me in the head, and they stole the money I had in my pocket. Then they ran away. I immediately went to the police. So if you talk to cab drivers, they're well-trained in being careful as to where they are, who they're picking up, and so forth. That's not racism. That's just an understanding of what's going on in the area. In, in fact, when we pick up the Post-Dispatch, the newspaper in St. Louis, almost every day there have been murders in North St. Louis of people that were just shot by drive-by cars. I think I told you the one time I had picked up a 
I think he was a black bus driver, and he was getting off his shift in South St. Louis, and he lived in North St. Louis. And as I was driving him to his house, he began to complain to me that I was driving too slow. He said, you better watch out driving this slow. You know, people could be willing to shoot you. And so what I did when he said that, I slowed down even more. Um, I guarantee you I did not get a tip from him when I finally dropped him off. But he was uh, a member of that neighborhood, and he knew the dangers that occur every day where the police have no idea who shot little children, adults, and also were violent toward women. That's just a fact. And that doesn't make you racist when you're being careful. Uh, You know, a lot of people don't like calling the disease we have the Chinese virus because they say that gives a bad name to the Chinese. No, it doesn't. How many times have we used the Spanish flu? Does that mean that we think that Hispanics are responsible for the flu? No, we're talking about the source of where it appeared. And that's the same with the Chinese. In fact, right after that we were told to be uh, careful in wearing masks, I was out driving Uber, and the first woman I picked up was a Chinese woman. She came to the window and said, do you mind picking me up. She she realized that she had been, well, rejected by some other taxi cab drivers. And I said, no, come on in. So she sat in the back. Uh, she had a mask on. I had a mask on. And I ended up taking her on quite a long trip because she was a Washington University student. And I took her to the place where she was staying. I didn't think, oh boy, because she's Chinese, she's the, the, the result of this virus? No. No. She was a woman who needed a ride, and I was only too happy that she would come with me. Now, right now, Uber is really down, because few people are going to the airport. They're not flying anywhere. They're not as busy as they were About the only night you can probably get someone for sure is Saturday between 8 at night till Sunday morning around 2. More and more people are going to bars and restaurants during that time. But we're still needing to be careful and still needing to watch. Uh, The um, Uber just came out with a rule that if someone is going to come into your cab and they're not wearing a mask, you can say that you will not take them. And then you report that to Uber and it will not have an effect. So whether the person is white or black or brown, it doesn't matter. That's kind of a rule that Uber wants you to follow. That doesn't make you racist 
if the person just so happens to be black and you say, I'm sorry, I'm unable to take you. I've thought about maybe carrying masks that a person could wear, but they cost a little bit, and we don't want to put a position uh, on an Uber driver where he has to carry around masks. We often carry water or other things in case people get thirsty, and we give them their own container. So getting back to the letter, he then continues, I assert that it is implicit racism and confirmation bias that allows an individual to see and hear the statement, black lives matter, as black lives only matter. Now, that, that's very interesting that when you see these signs, Black Lives Matter, it doesn't refer that black lives only matter. I, I really disagree with that because I have had people in my cab who are in agreement with Black Lives Matter, and they say, well, right now they do mean black lives only matter because they're under the impression that the police are against people who are black. And so right now they want to stress that we need to make clear that black lives only matter during this time because of the kind of treatment that they are receiving. The email goes on. We have learned over the years that the proper art of making distinctions is the practice of a good law and gospel understanding and application. Now, that's really a, a, a good statement. But how does law and gospel, how does that deal with Black Lives Matter as not meaning black lives only matters? You see that in the practice of those marches where you have a sign, Black Lives Matter, you will never see a sign that white lives matter. Why? Because there are situations where people try to oppose those marches with a sign, white lives also matter, that they were accosted and they were punched. Now, I'm not saying that everybody marching thinks that Black Lives Matter means Black Lives Only Matters. But just take a look at the situation that's occurring. In fact, Black Lives Matter has resulted in a lot of black businesses, I believe, being destroyed. Because that's how whites interpret, some whites, criminal whites, interpret Black Lives Matter, that those lives are more important. And so it's not at all unusual when you see the riots taking place that white people 
are among those breaking into black businesses and stealing it. The email says that a false understanding of Black Lives Matter could lead to more racial divisions among various groups. I do not disagree with that. There's no doubt about that. So how do we understand how we are to interpret Black Lives Matter? I find that many ministers recently have dealt with Black Lives Matter in sermons recently. And so we took a look at some of those. And um, what we found out was kind of the following. Here's one from Dr. Jacqueline Lewis, Middle Collegiate Church, New York City. When we say Black Lives Matter, what we mean is to create a nation and a globe in which the darkest of us the most disenfranchised of us, the most despised of us, are centered and celebrated as children of the Holy One, created in God's image, beautiful and fabulous. And when we do this, we will heal this land of the isms that kill us. I probably couldn't disagree more with that statement. When we say black lives matter, and we even mean it in a proper way that black lives matter to God, it's not because all blacks are children of the Holy One. To be a child of the Holy One, namely of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, only comes about through faith in Jesus Christ. Their children having been created by God, but to be a member of the Holy Family, beautiful and fabulous from God's point of view, only occurs through faith in Jesus Christ. Yesterday we talked about, can you imagine Jesus coming into the world and the gospel message was, Jewish lives matter. What he would have said is contrary to the mission for which he was sent. All lives matter to God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Not just Jewish lives. Now, there was a group in Israel who did teach Jewish lives matter, and they meant it, Jewish lives only matter. It was the Pharisees, uh, the scribes, the Sadducees, the unbelievers of that day. They looked down on Gentiles. Their lives did not ma matter near as much as Jewish lives. That was obvious from the guidelines for who could enter the temple. The Gentiles were kept in a different section of the temple 
than were proper Jewish men who had been bar mitzvahed. They were with the children, the women, the uh, people who were infirmed due to blindness, being deaf, lameness, and so forth. So, one of the things that Black Lives Matter, and that's why we have to look at what they're saying, is that there needs to be Christians who repent of their racism. And the title often is White Christians. I mean, you see this in the Black Lives Matter, kill white policemen. Those signs are there. So why would they say that if white lives matter also? No, they have such hatred, and they have really been fooled, I believe, by the media into thinking that black people have less opportunity than white people. Remember, I was a pastor of a congregation that was almost majority of black people. And I did not see this problem. Many of them were well-to-do neighbors. They had good jobs. They were faithful in their jobs. And they did not have this kind of attitude that we're seeing in the groups that talk about racism on the part of all whites. In fact, um, I will never repent of racism any more than I will repent of robbing the Bank of America. Why? Well, I've never robbed the Bank of America. I may have an account there, but you've never had an experience of me going in with a gun and taking money, so it's ridiculous to tell me to repent of that. Similarly, I have no racism against black people thinking that because of the color of their skin, they're less than I am. I'm the one that confesses with the blacks and whites in my congregation that I am a poor, miserable sinner deserving nothing but temporal and eternal punishment. In fact, Martin Luther made a number of great statements, but this is one we talked about where he said, if you were to be asked to write down on a piece of paper the last truly spiritual fruit of the Holy Spirit that you have done, your paper should be blank. Now, why is that? Because spiritual fruit of the Holy Spirit means that you are loving someone because of your love for Jesus Christ. Like, if I see someone who is poor and in need of food, I may give them food, but I am not able to decide whether my motivation is 
I'm giving them food because I love Jesus Christ so much, and Jesus wants me to love my neighbor, and that's why I'm doing this. Or am I doing this because I want to look good in front of my other neighbors by feeding the poor? Why do you think you see politicians at food lines? Is it because they really want to be photographed that way to show how wonderful they are? Or is it because they're doing it out of love for Jesus Christ? The Bible's pretty clear that when we do good works or pray, we should do it in a way that we don't make a big scene in front of other people so that it is done out of our self-interest. So, I only wish that when I talk to blacks who really believe in Black Lives Matter, that what they're saying is what the email writer wants us to understand, that they're not the only ones that matter. But that is not the impression. Just take a look at their parades, at their coming together. I appreciate someone asking to examine this from a law and gospel point of view. But when I do so, I do not find the kind of thinking that is obvious to the email writer. On the next Law and Gospel, Monday, God willing, we'll be taking another look at a text from the following Sunday to speak about it from a Law and Gospel point of view. I'm Pastor Tom Baker. Till then, God bless. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.